Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Perception is Reality, where we talk about each other's perceptions and how they may differ from our own personal version of reality. It is your ever faithful host, David. And today, I'm excited. I know I say that every week, and I say this every week as well, that I'm always excited, but I still am. For my guest, Taylor Proctor. Hi, Taylor. Hi, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And how are you today? I am excellent. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So we're a full disclosure podcast. I always like to tell guests how we know each other so they can gauge and judge for themselves how well or how awkward a conversation is because (laughs) in life, sometimes conversations are awkward and you know what? That's okay. So we met, I believe, on the Anchor Support Group. Yes. And I think I solicited you to be a guest, right? That is correct. I posted on the anchor group that I was open to being interviewed on other people's shows and you reached out or maybe it was the other way. Maybe you said you wanted people on shows and I reached out. I don't know, but either way, we're in the same group on Facebook and we connected with each other. Awesome. Okay, good. So I think, and just again, full disclosure podcast, the only thing that I know about you is I know that you're a happiness coach and I know that um, in the green room, you just told me that you actually uh, did the same thing that I do to every guest is that you didn't do any research, any anything. So you know as little about me as I know about you, maybe even I, less. That is correct. Totally respect that. Um, totally. Um, so for that information, I'll just make you listen to some of the other podcasts. For sure. I'm excited to do so. So I'm excited uh, to know what we're talking about today. I have no idea um, what we're talking about. I mean, my mind is swirling because I'm thinking, okay, I've got Taylor on and she's a happiness coach. So there's so many different ways that my perception wheel is running. But, uh, you know, for all I know, you might want to talk about mushroom soup. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm serious. You know, one episode, uh, my friend uh, Jeremiah, who's been on two episodes now, his second episode, uh, we talked about cowboy boots for an hour. Um, and we did. It was very, it's very fascinating, believe it or not. So I, and last week, uh, Colin wanted to talk about uh, why people don't take risks. So I mean, uh, both were completely sprung. So I'm ready when you are. Yeah. So I, let me give you a little bit of background about myself and then that Mm -hmm. will totally segue into what I would love to talk about today. So uh, as you had mentioned, I am a transformational happiness mentor, which means I help people remember that they are capable of having happiness abound in their lives, which means that I love to talk about happiness. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today and specifically the misconception that we are inherently happy and that it's not something we should have to work for. Okay. I'm just writing that down. I like to take notes because I do a blog on... So the podcast is on Thursdays, the blog, uh, my thoughts and reflections are always on Saturdays. So we're talking about the, can you say the title of what you wanted, the misconception of? Yeah, a lot of people have a misconception that 
we are inherently happy. Like it's, we should be naturally happy and that we, it's not something we need to work for. And with that mindset, we tend to be a population that feels like we're broken because we're not happy all the time. Yeah. Um, my first thought, just my first random thought that came into my head when you said that I was like, wow, that's a lot of pressure. That just, the, a lot the, just of how, so the fact that, so basically if, um, so what you're saying is there's a misconception that we're inherently happy, which, and, and then you qualify that later by saying that we have to be happy all the time. I, I may have misquoted you there, but that's a lot of pressure on a person. Don't you think to be happy all the time? That's exactly why it's this misconception is that people feel as though we should be happy naturally and we should be happy all the time. And when we're not, which is the actual natural occurrence, then we feel like we're broken. And then that pressure, just as you said, is what kind of lands on us and leads to depression and overeating and over drinking and things of that nature to try and numb out the fact that we feel like we're less than because we're not naturally happy. Oh, that, um, so Al Sangapolatele, he was on a previous episode and his was on extreme weight loss basically. And he was morbidly obese. He was cresting, um, over 500 pounds and he's lost most of it. And he talks a lot about this in particular, uh, about how he wasn't happy. Um, and figuring that path out led him to accept himself, achieve his weight loss, um, and just start living uh, a normal life. Uh, so that's, and there's a couple, I mean, there, the, I, I'm just piecing it all together. Like what you're saying kind of ties together a common thread uh, or an undercurrent among some of the podcasts uh, that I've done or the people that I've just talked to. And also, I read a very interesting article today, and I'll give you a little bit of information about myself, is that um, I'm a, a corporate executive muckety-muck, um, <laughs> and I do a lot of strategic uh, planning for companies uh, and executive coaching. And one of the articles I read today in my newsfeed was that the number one uh, category, I, I, I'm forgetting the words because there's so much I want to say to you right now, but, um, and this is what happens, Taylor, when my mind works faster than my mouth. <laughs> um, no worries, I'm tracking. <laughs> I know you, I have no question that you, you are, but the number one category of suicides are people in my category, white males, white middle-aged males, uh, because of literally, I, and I, because of the happiness fallacy is what I'm just going to call it. Um, and you would think the article is about how you would think that this group of individuals who has literally the most amount of privilege in the country, uh, they're also the number one suicide rate because there's always a constant, uh, you know, when you get to the desk that you've always wanted, there's a bigger desk. You know, why aren't you happy with the desk you're at? That, that kind of mentality. And so there's not an acceptance. There's just always this constant unquenchable thirst. I really resonate with that because I've seen it not necessarily. Oh, well, yeah, that's true, actually. I In my mentoring clients, I have a vast 
very broad variety of clients, but I have seen and had to work the most extensively with my white male clients that are in positions that are pretty high up and all their needs are met, but it's not, it's kind of a combination of that. I think that there's a lot of pressure in what I call the societal checklist, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, you've, you've gone to school, you've got your degree, you've got the job, you get married, you have a house, you have kids and you should have it all. And why aren't you happy after that? And And it's the same thing as what you had just said, right? You've gotten the job, you've got the corner office, and you're still not happy. And that's because we start looking, well, we stop looking at who we are becoming in the journey and the process, and we start only looking at, I'll be happy when I get there. And that's the biggest, that's the, the true fallacy of all of this, is that it's all about who you are becoming in the process of going towards your goals and really honoring that journey along the way that can help you be happier and help you work through the negative emotions that we're humans, we're all going to have them, right? Work through those negative emotions and still be okay with who you are and happy with the direction you're taking. So that when you do get that bigger desk, that dream job, the house, the kids, whatever that is for the individual, It's not about, okay, well, I'm here now. I should be happy and all my problems are going to go away. It's instead, I'm here now and I've worked through so much and I'm really happy with who I am and I'm really looking forward to the next phases of my life. I agree. And now that I'm talking to you, I can see these threads uh, and these issues coming up and my clients don't necessarily um, verbalize this in this particular way because I focus on a different thing with them. And by the way, when I say the word client, um, I coach and mentor people for free. I I don't take any enjoyment out of taking money because I enjoy helping them through the process. Like that brings me joy. So Mm -hmm. when I say the word client, it's really, there's no, just like the podcast, I don't get any, I don't advertise. Um, I do it because I like to do it not because I'm out for any um, financial gain, but now that like, after talking to you, like I can, I can see this and I can guarantee over time, there will probably be some people that I point your way because that's not my specialty. But when, like, for example, when I'm talking to somebody who, um, and I talked about this last week a little bit, somebody who's experiencing like an emotion, because you know, you're supposed to be a robot at work. You're, you're not supposed to have an emotion. Um, oh, we got to talk about that. Well, I have no, one of my specialties is vulnerability and leadership. Anyways, yeah. keep going. Well, you know, at work, that's the perception. People, you're not allowed to be angry at work. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to, even if you're extremely happy, you might upset one of your co-workers. You're, you know, that's just the perception. I'm not saying that as a definitive, like you, that's the case. What I tell people is that it's okay to have the emotion. Let yourself And you can tell me if I'm wrong, because this is what helps me. It's like Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling anger or if I'm feeling depression or anxiety, if I'm whatever, I like to acknowledge that I'm having the emotion by denying the emotion. I find it just makes it worse. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling X. I give it the, the name and then I don't, I'm, I allow myself, I give myself permission. Okay. You're allowed to be angry. Anybody in this situation might be angry. And then that just those two things help me move on with life, literally. 
um, and I may be oversimplifying the process just to, but that's typically what, what I go through, um, which works for me. And I always tell people, look, what works for me may not work for you. And there's professionals out there who are paid such as you that they can talk to and I'm just free. So I think the way that you're addressing your emotional awareness is perfect. I think it's an amazing first step and I don't think it's oversimplified at all. It's it's way, it's really interesting because way too often because our emotions are so complicated, we think that they need to have a complicated solution. When the truth of it is, it's just as you said, that a simple acknowledgement is usually enough to go, okay, I'm feeling this way. I would take it one step further and ask why, because I believe, and I, I coach in um, this theory that I have with what I call blanket emotions. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my initial template on things is I tend to get angry and that's just, that's my go-to, right? For some it's flight, for some it's freeze, for me it's fight. And so I've really had to explore my emotions and understand that I have what I call angry is usually if I can take that blanket of anger off and look at the emotions that are actually feeding the anger, it's usually that I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling worried and scared and hurt and all these other things that are being, are fueling this anger because I feel like I need it to be uh, protection for me. Cause if I'm angry, then I can, I can protect myself. But if I actually pull that blanket back and look at these underlying emotions, there's a lot of vulnerability there. I see so what you're saying. Yeah, my, my first step would be to recognize the emotion you're feeling and then ask, why am I feeling this? And then accept that it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be scared. It's okay if you are livid and angry. And then you can move on, just like you had said. See there, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we have guests on shows, because we're always improving. Um, typically, what I do just to, uh, is like after I've, because usually I have these, these, these come up like in the moment. So I don't have time to examine why in the, I have to, typically I have to make a decision or I have to act or counteract or, you know, it's not like it's a life or death situation, but it does require some sort of um, action. But mm-hmm. I do go back later and think about it. Um, I don't know that I've ever labeled it as why, but I do think about it and try to understand it. Now, um, I think when I do that, I will start asking myself literally why in my reflective state. Cause I do that a lot. That's why I have the podcast and then I reflect um, on it after, because that's the whole point is I'm learning. Um, but so I me, can I just ask you a quick, like question, question, like, do you feel, I just need to know it's killing me. Like when you <laughs> tell people that um, you are a transformational happiness mentor, like, is there a lot of self pressure on you? Because I feel like that comes like just having that title has like, and I'm going to be extreme. I, I, everybody knows that's listened to that. I go to extremes to make the point. Not that Please I necessarily do. believe that, but I'm going to make the point. Like, yeah. you know, um, so when you say that, let's just picture a beautiful green mountaintop, like kind of, kind of like, um, 
Sound of Music mountaintop, beautiful in Austria. It's green. There's little white flowers or Edelweiss or whatever it's called growing around. And then the sun shining down on Taylor and, you know, you're just, you're the transformational happiness mentor. Like, and then much like a, um, uh, a, a Disney character, all of a sudden the little bluebirds come up and they just land on your shoulder. Like, is there a lot of pressure? Um, do you feel like you have to live up to like a stereotype like that? I love that you asked this question. So one of the, uh, since we don't know very much about each other, one thing that might be important to know is that mm-hmm. I have a daily podcast about happiness. And I tell you that because for years I wanted to do a podcast. I actually have a background in radio and long, long story. It was a way to, uh, in radio, did wedding planning, and now I'm a marketing director. But I really wanted to do a podcast for a long time. And I just kept on holding back because I felt like I had to have it all figured out. And I had to be that shining beacon on the top of the mountain that was the true example of what everything happiness could be. And that pressure and that perfectionism mindset kept me from going after my goals because obviously I am not perfect and no one is. And I really put a lot of pressure on myself. And so I had written a blog and I would, and I am a huge advocate of consistency, but so I would write, I would write a blog and I would go for about three or four months and then I would stop because I was like, oh, I don't know what to write about because everything that I'm struggling with right now isn't complete. I'm not on the other side of that tunnel. So that's, that's part number one. Part number two, and I'll, this will piece together, I promise, but part number two is I also had a time in my life where I, I, would ju- I was so desperate and felt so so much pain at feeling like I needed, like I should be happy, right? There's that inherent happiness mindset again. And I felt like I was broken and there was something wrong and I would search for happiness. I would just type in happiness as a Google search or on a podcast platform and hope that something would come up and help me. And a lot of what I found and what I saw were things like you, <laughs> and maybe not into the extreme of this, the um, mountaintops and the flowers and things in the sun shining, but a lot of what I would find would be articles or interviews or videos of these people who had made it through and were then sharing their story which was really inspiring and motivating. But at the same time, when you felt as broken as I did, it was like, well, they've made it through, but I can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I would feel even more broken and even more like I couldn't be a happy person and there was something wrong with me. So I share that Uh and I share that I stopped and started on the blog. Now the third part of this is I also stopped and started on my podcast. None of these stopped, like the pre-episodes that I had recorded, I never published them, but I would do a interview with someone and I would spend hours editing it, 
because it needed to be perfect. And then I would get burned out and I would be like, I can't, I can't do this. This isn't sustainable. And again, consistency is a big thing for me. And then I was like, well, maybe it's just too much pressure. I need to do like an episode that's me solo and one of me interviewing someone. And that had a lot of pressure because it was like every hit had to be a home run. So the culmination of those three things, my experience in feeling like people had it all together before they spoke about their problems and what they were struggling through, the desire to want to have that complete story, but seeing that that wasn't me, I really had to change and shift my mindset from it has to be perfect and that pressure and that I have to be that beacon and that shining light to someone who can share what they're going through in the moment and share how they're working through it. And that would be of more help and be more actionable than just inspiring someone and hopefully motivating them. But in the back of their mind, they could be just like me and like I was and feel like they're even more broken because I apparently have it all together. Why don't they? So I actually completely defy, if I can go that far, that stress and that perfectionist mindset because I have been there and it did nothing but holds me back. And so now I have my daily podcast and I get in front of the mic every single day and I talk about what I'm struggling with and how I am working to overcome it and the tips and the techniques that can help me get there. And I have found that even if I had zero listeners, that mindset of working towards and you being in the executive space, you may be familiar with this term MVP, minimum mm. viable product, Yep. right? As I work towards minimum viable product, I am able to get myself out of that mindset and really embrace my own happiness and be an example, but not that shining beacon example, but be an example of what is possible if you just take a few steps at a time and you don't give up and you're willing to let go of that mindset of perfectionism. That was very well said. Thank you. And it did all tie together and it, it actually makes a lot of sense. You did a very good job of putting it in plain English, understandable bites. And I appreciate that. And, and you and I have a lot more in common than um, you may realize, but I'm now just realizing that. Um, so that's going to be fun uh, for me to try not to segue there. I will try to stay on topic. Uh, Please do. No, I'm, now I, I'm intrigued. How are we alike? Let's hear it. So I, there are many things that when you, like for this podcast, for example, so this podcast and the blog, in general, um, I'm, a, I'm a particularly private person. I am. And it's constantly like my kids um, <laughs> and people that really know me well know that I don't like people. I like individuals. I don't like people. And if you ever have seen the movie Men in Black, mm -hmm. Agent K talks about um, to Agent J about how individuals can be smart and intelligent, but people are crazy, dumb animals. Um, so look that up. It'll make more sense. Um, so doing the podcast for me is, is a big risk, risk, and I needed it to be perfect. Like I wanted the concept to be perfect. I wanted everything to be perfect. And I didn't do it for a long time. And it had taken several different 
turns of what I wanted to talk about and how I was going to conquer the podcasting world and, and all that um, to what it is today and what I launched at being perception is reality. And that took a long time for me to realize that my own self perceptions of having to be perfect. Um, and I've, I've, I've launched several products and several businesses and the MVP is I, I struggled with the MVP every time because I always felt like it had to be a perfect MVP. Um, like the minimum viable product in my mind was actually a working product. I couldn't get away from the minimum. The word minimum didn't exist for me. It was just viable product. Hmm. So in a different way, but in a similar way, like I had started, stopped, I thought about this, I'd kicked the tires on doing it. And here I am. And there were a lot of other things that you said that, uh, that, that resonated and, and I identified with um, along the way. And I think everybody else that's listening will as well. But the important part, and also one thing that really came to mind is over the years, I've become a real fan of Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. Everything that you said reminds me of like, he did this. um, I haven't read any of his books. um, So Steve, if you're listening, sorry, but I do watch your your clips um, when I can. And he talks about- Hold up one second. Steve, if you're listening, come be on the show. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, look, Steve, I mean, for real. Uh, either, you know, come on my show or have Taylor on your show. Uh, Cause I really think that you would like her as a guest, uh, but um, he talks about jumping and mm-hmm. if you don't jump, which means take the initial step and risk, you'll, you'll never know. You're just going to be stuck on the cliff, always wondering. And his point about jumping is that if you finally jump, you'll find your wings and you'll fly. Um, and you know what, if, if when you jump once uh, and you hit the bottom, get up, climb the cliff again and jump again. And he talks about that and a lot of his personal experiences through failure, which he talks about, and through his successes, he learns from those and then he moves on. And he, he's a very good teacher uh, through personal experience, which is what you're doing, which is the best way I think I'm, I'm using the extreme word best here, but I think is in a very efficient and a way to help teach other people because you're, you're, you have tangible experience at doing this thing. And here's a way that you listening can do it. Well, thank and you. The important thing to note that I think everybody, I want to make this point that you did not in any way, shape, or form, um, and we're going to talk about this next coming up, I want to hope focus in more on that, is that um, you yourself, uh, the happiness expert, I'm just going to say that, doesn't feel that she, meaning you, needs to be happy 100% 24-7. by because there's all of these other emotions and you talked about, you know, we labeled some of them. We talked about something that you do experience other emotions. It's not that you, you know, get up in the morning and somebody winds you up with a key on your back and all of a sudden you spring into happiness mode and your smile is on your face all the time. Yeah, no, that's, (laughs) I, I get angry. I get sad. I get 
overwhelmed. I mean, all of those things, I'm a human being, right? And we all are. Mm -hmm. And all of those, all of those negative emotions, like, frankly, you're going to have negative, negative emotions 50% of the time. But if you can acknowledge that that's, that's the reality, then you can kind of swing that pendulum. Like I'm, I'm happy now. And if something happens and I have, this is a whole different thing, but there's, there's a framework that the circumstances are neutral. Your thoughts around those circumstances create your emotions, your emotions create actions and your actions create your results. So if you're aware that yes, 50% of the time I'm going to be feeling negative or unsavory emotions and you're aware of that and you can accept that, you can identify those, you can get to the happier and positive side of the pendulum faster. And you can, it's really about changing your thoughts around those emotions. And then of course that helps shift through those emotions faster and better because you're not stifling them or buffering them. You're actually acknowledging them and working through them and then swinging back to the positive side of the spectrum. That's very interesting. And I hope, um, I hope everybody got that. So if I could ask you a favor, if you could yes. slow it down just a little bit, you walked through something very quickly and there was like a step ladder and I'm not going to say what they were because I want you to say it again in your words. You're going to say it better. Walk through the steps. Sure. So whatever the circumstance is, technically it's neutral, right? It's, it's a neutral zone. The circumstance is the circumstance. The point where you are living that circumstance is like you're in it. It's not changing. It's not something like you're there. So it's not really in your control at that moment. So the circumstance is neutral zone. So that's the C of the model. Mm -hmm. The next is your thoughts around that circumstance. And this can go from really anything. So if I stub my toe, that circumstance is neutral. I stub my toe. That's, it is what it is. But my thoughts around stubbing my toe is, because anger is my template, I, I'm mad that I stub my toe on the corner of the cabinet and I feel I, my brain immediately starts thinking like, that was, that was stupid. You knew that cabinet was there and that stupid cabinet was in the way. Why is that? <laughs> like, why, why is this here in the kitchen kind of thing? And so or you get angry are, and kick it again. Exactly. And so your thoughts around that then lead to the emotion of the anger. Actually, you just use the perfect example. So your thoughts around that lead to you feeling angry, which leads to the action of you kicking it again, which leads to the result of your broken toe. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to slow that down just a little bit more because I did speed up in the last few. So your circumstance is neutral. Your thoughts around the situation or the circumstance is what feeds your emotions. So you can go into something and feel like, let's say you bombed a presentation at work. And your thoughts around that are, oh my gosh, I'm a total loser. I bombed that presentation. I said, um, 20, 20 times. I feel stupid. I should have prepared better. I should have done what I should have, what have, could have. All these things. People are going to think all this stuff about me. If you have those kind of thoughts around bombing a presentation, your next step is your emotions. And your emotions are feeling sad, let down, anxious about what other people are thinking about you. And then 
that those emotions are in the, and I'm going to use the term unsavory because nobody really likes feeling sad, mm-hmm. that unsavory spectrum. And so unless you can acknowledge those, then the next thing you do is you go home and you start eating or you sit down in front of Netflix and you binge watch TV or you start scrolling through Facebook, whatever it is that you don't want to feel that emotion, those emotions. So you start numbing them out And that action that leads to the action. The emotions lead to the actions. And those actions of not wanting to feel the emotions then lead to the result of you've wasted the night because you've watched Netflix. You didn't necessarily reflect on how you could have done better and learned and grown. You ate a whole piece of cake or something. I don't know, right? Whatever it is for overeating. And then you're in this cycle where now that had, now you have a thought about that circumstance. And then you're like, wow, I'm, I need to get it together. I need to feel guilty and all these things. Like I was doing so well on my diet and I just totally emotionally overate and I'm such an idiot. I'm a failure. And then what happens? That leads to the emotions of feeling like a failure, an idiot, and those poor emotions. And we go through the cycle again. So really the tipping point here is the circumstance is neutral. It's all about your thoughts surrounding it. So Mm -hmm. using the example of bombing a presentation. Thoughts surrounding it, if you can change those to, man, I really bombed that presentation, but I'm going to look at this and what can I do better next time? Can I talk to some of the people in the room and say, hey, I kind of feel like I bombed that presentation. Do you have any feedback for me that could really help me improve next time? Was there any area that was unclear that I really could hone in on better? That's a completely different mindset and way of thinking, which then leads to the emotions of, okay, I'm going to learn and grow. And this is a little challenging. And yeah, I'm a little sad because I bombed it and I worked so hard, but I'm going to do better next time, which then leads to the actions of doing the research, asking those questions and doing better next time, which leads to the results of a better presentation. And a promotion. Oh, hopefully. (laughs) So it's all about your thoughts. So the model is circumstance, Thoughts, emotions, actions, results. I like it. And thank you for going over that again sure. and, and giving us the details because I feel like that's, um, I, my um, spider sense was tingling um, and was like, okay, this needs to be talked about a little bit more. Um, and also I would like to back up and say that um, Netflix, if you're listening, I think Taylor needs her own show. And then everybody here, when you come home and have one of these things, you don't need to feel guilty about binge watching her episodes. That's funny. Watch the entire season. So Netflix, you're missing an opportunity unless you contact her right now. Um, this, this second. right? This, this opportunity will expire Netflix. You have to act, <laughs> act fast. Um, or we're going to send letters to, I don't know. Never mind. I, I, I don't know what an what a email hacker would say, but you know, whatever they do to get a sense of urgency. Um, I actually, the Netflix coming home and binge watching Netflix is a very real thing for me. I had about a year and a half of my life that I was, it was really struggling. And that was the time frame where I was like searching happiness online and hoping that something good and helpful would come up and actionable. And during that time frame, I would go to work. I would come home. I'd sit on the couch and your listeners might think this is disgusting, but um, 
I would get a can of like the Betty Crocker whipped vanilla frosting buttercream. Mm-hmm. And I'd go sit on my couch, watch Netflix for like six hours, like a TV show as they do the, are you still watching? Yes, I'm still watching. And I would eat frosting out of a can. And I was doing everything in my power to numb the feelings of loneliness and pain and hurt and scaredness that I was having during that time frame. So I know firsthand the model on the other side and, or the framework on the other side and the, the true actions of overeating and Netflix watching as a form of buffering my emotions 100%. So that was, that's not pulled out of thin air. That's real life experience there. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe you. And, uh, you know, for, some, for you, it might be frosting. For other people, it might be cookie dough, just saying, um, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, and for some people, it's, it's drinking. For some people, it's drugs. True. It's true, true. It's scrolling through Netflix or, I mean, uh, Facebook or Instagram, right? There's so many ways Constantly that we can buffer. For the endorphin rush, uh, mm-hmm. the like. Uh, and I talk about this in some other podcasts about the need to get the like. Uh, and how that's not real life and uh, confirmation bias and I do a whole bunch of stuff but what I want to ask you real quick is I do talk about luck and how luck does not exist luck is a manifestation of our thoughts and actions and the the way I describe it it goes like this and I want to see if it fits into your model and how mm-hmm. far off I am in life or how, how far off we are apart there's a person walking down the street they see a $20 bill they pick up, they go to pick up said $20 bill. They fall, stumble, get a little scrape. They get up. Few people saw it. They walk away. Person walks away. I believe that there's two types of people. And, and again, this is luck. This is how we see luck. Okay. There's person A who, despite finding the $20 bill, only sees the humiliation from having people watch that person fall, the scrape, getting the the physical scrape and then tumbling, those things, that's what they see out of the situation. So they see the negative. So that negative carries on. So later that day, um, they're only going to, they're predisposed to see negative things or unlucky things. Whereas the other person when they're telling the story, you know, they're like, oh, I totally found 20 bucks. Like that was so lucky. That was awesome. And then, you know, maybe in their telling of the story, they're like, yeah, I fell big deal, you know? And then they're like, something else happens and they see opportunity in throughout the day versus bad luck. They see good luck. Like, Hey, good things constantly happen to me. You know, I, whatever that is, and, and I can't think of it right now because I wasn't really prepared to talk about, it. but that, I hope that, that it gives you a base of like my opinion on luck. And quite frankly, there's scientific research that talks about this too, but that we're, luck doesn't exist, that we're predisposed. So I'm wondering like to see either all the negative or all the positive and that we can create our own luck by seeing the opportunity and things or opportunity equals luck. Um, so I don't know if that, how do you think that fits in? Am I nuts in my thoughts? No, I think that 
it, first off, I think that fits into the model really well. It fits into that framework really well because the framework is that the, the person who saw the bad luck side of it, their thoughts were that everyone just saw me fall and totally biff it. And that like, they must think I'm a clumsy fool or whatever thought that might be spoken like a true Disney villain, clumsy fool. But <laughs> No, you're the princess with the birds. Come on. <laughs> but not, I'm not the Disney villain. I'm just saying you're like, okay, okay. There's this whole, this side note, there's this whole meme about how you can identify a Disney villain is they always call somebody a fool. Oh, that's so true. But that said, okay, we're going to go on a quick tangent for a second. Tangent away. Yes. I think that every person has their villain and their hero voices inside of them. And if you are seeing the negative, you are listening to the villain voice and the villain thoughts. Whereas if you are looking for the positive and you're keep on going and the optimism, you're listening to the hero thoughts. Oh, I like that. So everybody has both and I'm not, and villain is like a really harsh word, but I don't, it's just like, you're, you're going to have positive and negative thoughts in you. That's just human nature, but it's going to, it's going to depend on which thoughts you decide to listen to. And then the emotions that those, those lead to, et cetera. So change your thoughts. You can change your life is the essential point of this, but going back to the person falling. So they have this thought that, you know, everyone just saw me fall. They all think I'm a clumsy fool now. And I'm now emotions. I'm embarrassed and I'm humiliated, which leads to, I'm just going to, I'm leaving that $20. I'm getting up and I'm leaving as soon as I can, because I'm so embarrassed and humiliated tail between my legs. And the results of that is that I need to, I feel these emotions. I don't necessarily want to feel them. And so I am like looking around and I see something else and I'm like, well, that just, that just confirms it. Like I'm a clumsy fool. Like I've had this thought and now I'm, now I'm seeing it happen over and over again. And I'm just unlucky. Whereas the other person, like it was really funny. Cause as you were telling the story, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally the person who would have fallen, gotten up, laughed and been like, well, I had to work for this 20 bucks, got a little beat up, but I sure got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the mindset of yeah, I got a little beat up in the process, but what did I learn? I can learn. I learned that if people are going to see me fall, like that's okay. I got 20 bucks. What did they get? Right. I don't mind right. looking. I don't mind looking silly or goofy because I tripped. Like that's fine. I got 20 bucks to show that like, that's totally fine. And maybe they got a good laugh out of it. I don't care. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. now going to see the rest of my day in the, I'm successful, quote unquote, because I got 20 bucks and I, ha I had to fall for it, but I got it. And so I think that's just, it's all in the way that you think. It's all in your thoughts. And that leads to the emotions, the actions, the results. And I think that the story of that is a perfect example. Now, whether it's, it's luck or not, I think it all is just your perception of the world and listening to that villain or that hero voice in your head and choosing which direction you want to go. And I like how you brought it back because we are talking about perceptions and we look at our perceptions and then over time, and I think you solidified this earlier, is that those perceptions can become a reality. And if your inner voice, the villain, is all you hear, you'll start to believe it. So there, 
I talk about this once in a while, and that is, um, well, actually, I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast yet because I haven't had anybody brave enough to talk about it with me. Um, but in a political arena, and, and I'm, we don't have to get political, but I'll just say this. I think that there are certain people who campaign on a certain way, meaning they pick an extreme side. And I'm being very general here. I'm not, don't please, somebody might try to, um, whatever candidate you pick in your mind, that's your manifestation. I'm not picking anybody out, but this is how I feel about all politicians. Um, they campaign on a certain principle that may be extreme to get elected. They don't necessarily believe that going in, but now that they're there, they have to play this character. And I believe over time, they start to believe their own narrative and become the character. And I think that that can transfer into our own internal narrative of life. Um, if we constantly are listening to the villain voice and we believe that voice, I think, um, if I may just say self-fulfilling prophecy, I mean, do you ever see any of that? Am I nuts? You could, this is where you're like, no, David, you're nuts. I'm, no, I'm no, I'm, I'm over here, like kind of wiggling in my seat, really excited and waiting to talk. <laughs> Go. Ready? The like, chair oh. recognizes Taylor. Go. <laughs> So yeah, I'm like that, that kid jumping up and down, raising their hand. Uh, so actually, these are there's two things on that that I would love to share. So uh, one thing that, again, as I mentioned, I do my daily podcast, a key component of that is sharing what I'm going through and then sharing actual like actionable techniques or ideas or insights that other people can try for themselves which I think is a big difference because it's more than motivational. Like if you take action on it, it can change your life as it has changed mine. So that said, I'm going to go into like mentoring mode here for a second. There's two techniques that I do that I think fully agree with what you just said. And one of those is, and this may sound woo woo, but I promise it's actionable and solid. And that's declarations. So I often coach my, my clients and I have a, a class online that I teach people how to create declarations to help them embody who they want to be. So for instance, I can share mine. Mine is, I am an intuitive mentor, vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. Large amounts of money continuously come to me and I am secure in my purpose. And I personally crafted that, picking a selection of words that I wanted to be. So I want, and I, I think I'm, I'm getting there, but it's that, you know, your thoughts become who you are. So I am constantly thinking about and reminding myself of that declaration because I want to be an intuitive mentor. I want to have a life and I want to be the kind of person who is vibrant and abundant and filled, just full of light. I want money to continuously come to me because I believe it is a form of comfort. And once you have that standard, then you can really help other people because you're not worried about your basics of life and being secure in my purpose, right? Knowing that I am here to help other people remember that they can be capable of happiness abound. That is my purpose. And I have to stay secure in that. So I say my declaration 
probably a hundred times a day. I mean, before I'm going into meetings, before I have like one-on-one syncs with my team members where I need to mentor them professionally, before I get on podcasts like this and things of that nature to really help me hone in on who I want to be and to remind me to take those actions. So yes, 100%, your thoughts are who you become. So controlling your thoughts and whether it's through a declaration or not, but I have found that when I start thinking negative things now, and this is years of practice, but now when I start thinking negative things, I jump in with my declaration so that I can cut those negative thoughts off at the pass and really let the hero voice shine through. So that's tip number one. Look for a very custom personalized to you or create a personalized to you declaration that of, of who you want to be and recite that as often as needed to really help you become that person. The second thing is I am, I am an auditory learner. And so I often am talking to myself in my head and maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's how everyone is, but it's how I am. And going back to that villain and that hero voice, they're both in my voice. But one thing I really had to do was figure out how to tell the difference between the two because our self-talk is our self-talk. And so if we're telling ourselves we're stupid or clumsy or whatever it is, and we're going to start believing that, it's like, well, of course we're going to believe it. It's in our own self-talk. It's in our own voice. So for me to be able to cut off that negative talk at the pass and come in with my declaration, I really had to start listening to, and this is going to sound weird, but I really had to start listening to the tone of that voice. So for instance, the negative voice, and I will try my best to, to <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's a difference. There is in my head, but the negative voice is really terse and aggressive. And like, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you get it together? You just like, really, really, you just fell for the 20 bucks and now everybody's laughing at you. Like get your butt up and go over there and hide because you're not worth anything. Now it's really terse. It's really aggressive. It can be really sarcastic sounding. And so that's the tone of the negative for me. It's really brash. And then the tone of my positive side is really calm and mellow and is like, Hey, so we just fell, you know, that's okay. I think, I think some people saw, but they're kind of jerks for not coming over and helping, but we're all right. And Hey, we got 20 bucks out of it. No big deal. And there's like, and I hope that in, in speaking it, you can tell the difference, but there's this big difference between the two, but they're both my voice. And so to really be able to cut off that negative, that villain voice at the past, I had to start paying attention to the tones of my self-talk because that helped me identify, is this the voice I want to listen to or is this the voice I want to be? So that's my two, my two quick tips on that. I, I like it. So what we've just learned, and I'm going to nutshell it for everybody, is that mm -hmm. when Taylor's hero voice is her NPR voice when she's doing her show. It's very <laughs> calm and monotone and kind of slightly up, upbeat and optimistic. It's, Taylor, you did great today. You found the $20. It's okay. Everybody saw you fall, but you know what? Some laughed, some felt sorry for you, but they were all afraid to help. And you weren't afraid to stand up and be who you are and get your $20. 
Exactly. Versus Taylor's WWE voice. What do you do, a girl? <laughs> crazy. I don't know. Maybe Mr. T. I don't know. Whatever that was. So we learned that uh, there's two sides to Taylor, which is fine. And there are with all of us. And I think that's a good representation. And I don't, I don't want, I want people, and I, I, and I want, you're making me want this, which is a good thing. But I think if I may um, just say this, is, is that I want people to understand that humans, and I talk with Gene about this. Um, Gene, we talk about workplace communication. And in that, Gene and I were in a meeting and we reminded our fellow executives that we're dealing with people, people. Uh, we were yelling at the people in the room that we're dealing with people outside the room and people have emotions. And it's okay if you have an emotion and experience something because otherwise you're walking through life numb um, and being numb is no way to live uh, so have your emotions it's okay to have them just we don't want you to listen to the negative ones we want you to experience them right we want the people to acknowledge that they exist we don't want you to listen to them because you're more awesome than that I think everybody is um, and those are my words and that the Try to find your positive voice. Listen to it. Um, it'll help you. It's got good things to say. I love it's not, it. It's it's not wrong. It's your voice. I mean, come on. Who can you trust more than yourself, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's so true. And one thing with the declarations in particular, at first they can feel very, very fake because they're not your normal negative thoughts. But the more that you do it and the more that you embrace and embody that declaration in your life, the more natural that becomes and the more false and negative, the, not negative, but the more false the negative emotions and voices actually feel. I agree. And I just had a, a thought that I got very excited about that I want to share is that for anybody out there who's perceiving this declaration, and I have one myself, believe it or not, I do. Um, if you're perceiving that as some um, hokey, crazy, like talk, what uh, did David and Taylor have some sort of edibles before they started the show? <laughs> I know I didn't, um, but um, I'm sure Taylor didn't either. But it's, it's, it's actually a good thing. And, and to make the point, I want everybody to think about um, before somebody goes on stage or before they step into a boxing ring or do an event or they're an Olympic gymnast or an Olympic whatever, there's somebody there on the side pumping them up. You got this. You got this. You could do it. You're the best. You're the whatever. We've all seen it. And we perceive that that's okay because that's that other person's job. With a declaration, why can't you be your own um, cheering squad? What's so bad? What's wrong about that? I think a declaration, and I may be taking this to an extreme, Taylor, so forgive me, but um, I think a declaration can be your own personal cheering squad and believe in yourself because you're capable of many, many good things. So I'm off the soapbox, Taylor. I give the soapbox to you. Go. I don't think that you're in the extreme in that in any way, shape, or form. I 1000% agree. And I, 
like you had mentioned in the way that I teach, I have seen that in my own life. This is my, I keep my declarations until I feel like I've fully embraced them. And so this one is my second one, but my first one from a year and a half ago was all about being a brave warrior and being able to step into my truth and things like that. And it was, and I do use my declarations in times where I, like I said, going into meetings and things that I may not feel the most confident in and remind myself who I want to be. And that can drive all of my, that thought drives my emotions to be in a positive space, which drives my actions to put me in a space to be able to work towards being that person, which leads to the result of eventually becoming that person. So yeah, use them to cheerlead yourself because that's exactly what they're for. Exactly. Go into these situations, go into your day, go into whatever it is. And frame, it's like a frame, frame your, your mindset and the rest will follow. I think in one of my favorite movies, um, LA story with Steve Martin. I just love Steve Martin. So Steve, if you're listening, shout out to you too. Uh, oh, if Steve, if Steve is listening, I love you too, Steve. And, um, yeah, we should, we should meet up. <laughs> I mean, I, just if everybody doesn't know, like Steve is an excellent musician Oh, yeah. um, and he's quite the accomplished banjo player. And for anybody who's like, oh, did he just say banjo? Yes, banjo's cool. Listen to it. It's fun. It's, it's not, so cool. It's, it's on my list of like instruments to play. And have you, I want to, and I haven't taken it yet. Have you taken his master class? No, no, I don't. I had a banjo for a little while. I play a lot of stringed instruments. I had a banjo. I was borrowing it and I gave it back um, and I need to acquire another one. Well, he has his master class, like commercial for masterclass.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is all about comedy, oh. but in it, he has his banjo. And I'm like, I would take it just because I love him and I would love his insights. And his, his autobiography was amazing too. So good. Yeah, anyway, good sorry, I, I interrupted no, you. No, that's fine. I mean, he's an amazing individual and uh, he's got a good story and people, people need to know that. Um, yeah, I totally forgot what I was going to say, but that's fine. I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. Life happens. This is what we talked about. It's okay. These things happen in a conversation. Um, so I think we covered a lot of good stuff today, meaning like we do have these misconceptions or misperceptions of how we're required to be happy all the time. And I hope, Taylor, that we cover that in a way that you wanted to cover it today that you got, I, know, I feel like you got your message across. That's my perception, but I hope that you got the whole point across about how we don't have to be happy um, all the time. Yes, that, that is, that is correct. We do not have to be happy all the time. And yeah, I, I also, and I, I do feel like got the message across, but if there's any like questions from any of your listeners or wanting more information or more clarity, I'm happy to be that resource for them. Exactly. And this leads to my next question. Please tell everybody how they can find you, where your podcast is. It's an Anchor FM podcast, but tell us the name, your email, your website. Facebook page, everybody should start following you immediately. So ready, go. 
Awesome. So I'll start with the free daily way to access me, which is through my podcast. It is called Happiness Abound, and you will be able to find it by searching Happiness Abound on any major listening platform that you choose to listen to. Uh, the biggies are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Podbean, etc. So really uh, anywhere your podcast can be found, search for Happiness Abound. And wow, that was a poem and I didn't even know it. Um, but yeah, search for Happiness Abound on your listening podcast platform of choice and you can tune in every day. And then that leads to my website, which is happinessabound.com full access to all previous podcast episodes. I think most podcast listening platforms tap you out at 150 episodes. I'm coming up on 355. So if you are a completionist and you want to listen to all of them, which would be amazing, then you can go to happinessabound.com and check the podcast episodes out there. Also, I had mentioned that I have a training class on declarations. I also have one on emotional management, and that can also be found and purchased from my website, happinessabound.com. And social media, I am available on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two most active platforms. And Facebook, you can find me by searching for Happiness Abound blog. And on Instagram, it's happiness underscore abound. All right. And I'm going to ask that you email me some of that stuff so I can start stalking you online. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know that we're already connected in the anchor community, and I think maybe even on Facebook, but I definitely want to uh, get on the IG stuff. Absolutely. And if, if audio listening is not like 100% your thing, uh, I also record every episode as video for IGTV and YouTube as well. Well, there you go, people. Uh, you can, I know you're all watch YouTube 24 seven. So here's someone to add to your YouTube watching, um, things uh your time frame when you're on your breaks or you're not on break and you're just watching Why not watch taylor and learn something and then uh better your life and then uh do awesome things so what's um did you mention how they find you on youtube uh, it's the same thing if you search for happiness abound i will come up perfect good so you've cornered the market i love it yeah on everything but twitter which really is a bummer uh, well, we and, will have to find that person and uh, <laughs> take action, take appropriate action. We'll use our WWE voices. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today uh, that maybe we didn't cover, you wanted to cover, or did a bad job covering it? Maybe you're like, yep, this is good, but I just want to leave you guys with this. Or if you're at peace, then that's a great thing too. I think I would... If, if it's all right with you, I would love to kind of wrap up our discussion by wrap. saying the same thing that I actually wrap up my shows with. Do it. And that is that I hope that whatever, you know, all the things that we spoke about today, I hope that it has resonated with you and with the listeners. I hope that it has touched them and made them think and hopefully inspired them to take some action and change their life in a positive direction if they needed that. 
And I hope that everyone has a wonderful day. And above everything else, I hope that you can remember you are capable of happiness abound. Well said. And on that note, I'm not even going to try to top it. I'm just going to say thank you for being on the show. I know that I appreciated it. And I know that all the listeners will as well. So thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you'd like to leave feedback on the podcast, comment on this episode or previous episode, or to be a guest on the show, leave me a message by calling 1-585-210-0240. Any feedback or episode comments could end up being aired in the future. I look forward to hearing from you.